glad you're here. Um, this, I've never given birth, um, for the record. I, I may look pregnant, but I'm not. And my wife tells me it's, it's, not, it's not fun. Um, but the closest I've ever come to birthing is the last nine months to get to this point. Uh, there's been a whole crew of people who have been uh, working and praying and, and sacrificing and talking uh, to prepare for a Sunday like this. Now this, we're, we're calling this Friends and Family Day. And, and that means um, we have not publicized this beyond uh, the launch team that is here. So we're glad you're here. We didn't want it super crazy. Um, we w were just hoping that uh, we'd have enough people to kind of look around and go, yeah, this feels like a church. Um, so however you came here this morning, we're super glad that you're here. Couple of things, just so you know. Um, we, uh, we have a, a team of about 80 people who've been working to pull this off, and the fact that we're able to have your kids watched, if you have kids, is pretty remarkable. Those people don't get to participate in this, so please go get your kids after we're done, but thank them because they're giving up their time to, uh, to make it possible for you to be here and fully here. Also, the big thing we really want from you is your feedback. So, so before we go kind of public, we're looking for folks uh, to give us all sorts of feedback. So we have an email address that's feedback at voxoc.com. And we want everything. How was, how was parking? Why was there no coffee truck? We were promised a coffee truck this morning. Um, whose, whose dumb idea uh, was it to have a guy in shorts who still sweats a lot up front? Uh, any, any of those things, we, we, we seriously want to know everything. And that's why we're calling it friends and family. We wanted our friends and family to come and tell us about what the church felt like before it kind of officially launch. So we're counting this as our first Sunday. You, if this thing blows up and in 10 years it's awesome, you will say it's because of you and the fact that you were here. And if a year from now it flames out, you can say, yep, I knew it from the first day. This thing was going nowhere. So either way, uh, two more things and then we'll be done. If you go on our website, uh, voxoc.com, there is an info card that you can fill out. There are also info cards out on the tables out there. Um, that uh, allow us to get to know you. You can sign up for our podcast. You can sign up for um, our email list and give us your info. It would be hugely appreciated. Uh, and um, if you're high school or college, I want to meet you personally before you go. So I'm going to be out there. If you're in high school or college, I want to meet you personally. Even if you're introverted, I won't make you talk much. I just want to say hello, all right, because um, we're super glad that you are here. All right, so let me pray. This is Trevor, and Trevor uh, is here today uh, to lead us, so we're going to sing some, we're, we're going to do um, some responsive reading, we'll have a bit of a talk. If you're not a church person, okay, this is really, really important. If you're not normally a church kind of person, we're thrilled that you're here, please feel free to do nothing, right? So if other people are standing and you want to stay seated, stay seated. If there are some songs you cannot sing because they're declarative and you're like, nope, I just don't believe this, great, don't sing. We've got a responsive reading in a little bit. If you can't read that with integrity, don't read it. Just, you are, you are safe to belong here. We are thrilled that you're here uh, and no one's gonna be looking at you funny if you're not doing what everyone else is doing, all right? Truly, just be at home 
um, and let us know what you think. All right, so let me pray. God, thank you so much for uh, today. We ask that you would move, that you would speak, that you would bless, that you would remind us of how good and beautiful uh, you are. And so we give this time to you and thank you for this crew that's gathered here. Amen and amen. Trevor, shake her up there. So you were doing great. We, we, and we knew you meant it. And we were just all going, well. I thought it was my hair. I was singing, I no, no, you did great. I was singing watermelon over in the corner, just. All right, so um, we're, gonna, we're gonna do a responsive reading. This is Allie, say hello. So Allie, uh, when it comes on the screen, Allie is the reader, and then I represent the gathering, okay? So she, when, when she's reading, she's by herself. When I'm reading, we're together, okay? Here we go, our first one ever. This is our first everything ever, by the way. Just so you know, just so you know. Just so you know. All right. We gather No, no, there's a first sentence. Do we not, Bruce, do we not put the first sentence on there, just the gathering ones? Bruce? (laughs) Do you see why we wanted to have a friends and family service? Can you see? So there should be, the first line should be reader. Is that, is that going to happen? Okay. So, Allie, do, do we have all the gathering lines on there? Okay, okay. All right, so they don't get to see what you're saying. You just say it. Okay, okay so say it okay. like it was perfect. Okay. Like we just Doesn't did. change my job, right? Uh, yeah, no, your okay. job is perfect. Okay. We gather this morning to celebrate God's goodness and power. We turn our hearts and minds to you, God, our creator and rescuer. We gather this morning to remember the grace and truth of Jesus of Nazareth, who lived, died, and rose again to bring us out of darkness and into light. We thank you, Jesus, our Savior and King. We gather this morning to participate in the ongoing work of God's Spirit in us, healing, transforming, and liberating us to be bearers of the new creation. We yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, our comforter and guide. Now, let us pray together the prayer that Jesus gave his first followers. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We did it. Amen. Woo! Go, Bruce. You guys rock. Info, or excuse me, feedback at voxoc.com. Why is the ball got up there so much? That's a good question. Um, so... So thank you for coming. We really, we really are grateful that you would be here. We really are. 
And we're, um, we're grateful that you would give us uh, any feedback that you have. Part of what we want to do um, here is we have this tagline. We just said we, we want to make Jesus beautiful. And, and, and what that means is that our experience has been that some of the greatest arguments against following Jesus are the people who do. Would you agree with this? And, um, and if you're here and you're somebody that's been hurt by uh, the church or by specific people in the church, uh, welcome to the club. Uh, many of us have had those experiences. And, and, and there is no such thing as a perfect church, right? Because there are people in it. So, so we'll, we'll disappoint you too. But there's a sense in which we've, um, we've made Jesus so hard to figure out because we've colored him in ways that I, I just think don't represent what he's really like. I, I heard a talk, I don't know, years ago, who, uh, by a United Methodist minister. He was a, the, the dean of Duke. Uh, he was the chaplain for Duke uh, University. And his name was Will Willimon. All right, so how, how do you like that, Will Willimon? And he tells this story that is just epic, and it captures kind of what we want to capture. He, he, uh, he comes out, he's a Duke, he comes out to visit uh, a student who had just graduated who was living out here. And on Sunday morning, they said, okay, let's go to church. And so they picked the most famous California church uh, they knew of, and it was the one on TV with lots of glass. And we won't say the name. And, um, and, uh, and so they, they went, and they met the, their friend there. And the, the normal preacher wasn't there that day. Instead, they had a guy by the name of Chuck Colson. Now, some of you are young enough, you don't even know who that is, but this was a guy who served in the Nixon administration who was partially uh, responsible for the Watergate scandal. So he was very famously incarcerated. He comes, he becomes a Christian in jail, like you do, and, and comes out and, and is kind of this fire-breathing dragon and starts this thing called Prison Fellowship, which is still going on today. And, um, and so, so Chuck gets up there and, and he says, you know, this is a great day and so grateful that, you know, the fountains are on and the, the glass is, you know, filtering the sunshine. And, but he said, you know, it's, it's far different from where I was preaching yesterday. And he was preaching at the Los Angeles County Jail. And, and then he begins to rip into the version of Christianity that cares more about how it looks than what it says and does. He begins to rip on preachers that, this is literally his line, who know how to use a blow dryer better than they know how to use a Bible, all right? Who, who care more about, I mean, he just, he tears this church on national television just to shreds. Now, Williman is telling the story and, and he's leaning over to the student apologizing. You know, evangelicals, they get this way sometimes. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so the service ends, and you know, I'm sure Chuck realized he'd never be invited back uh, again. But, but as, as Williman and the student were walking out, you know, he turns again to apologize. And the, the student had tears in his eyes, and, and said, don't apologize. Um, this Jesus, he says to Will, this Jesus is far more interesting than you'd led me to believe. And I heard that story and I went, ah, oh, that's, that's what I want to be a part of. Jesus is far more interesting than many of us have been led 
to believe. And so we just want to look at uh, a snapshot today of how radical he actually was. And if you're someone who doesn't feel welcome in a place like this, that is so tragic because you would be precisely the person who would love to have hung out with Jesus and Jesus would have loved to have hung out with you. Now this, this doesn't look like the beginning of a revolution, but that's what it is. It's a table. And in the first century, this was a battleground, kind of like bathrooms are today, right? This was the bathroom of the first century, all right? Now, now this, this, uh, this would have been lower to the ground and would have probably been in a big U. And, and you didn't sit at tables in the first century. You kind of leaned on cushions and you, you leaned forward. You were on your right, or excuse me, you were late, leaned forward on your left arm and you'd eat with your right and because the meals would last for, for hours. And, and, and the, the big question in the, uh, the nation of Israel in Jesus' day was this. How is it that God's people living in God's land are subject to the pagan Romans? They could not stand the Romans and the Romans were in power over Israel. And so the big question is what the heck happened? Why is this happening? And some Jews advocated armed revolt, and some Jews advocated just withdrawing entirely from society. Some Jews advocated, well, if you can't beat them, join them. But there was a group of people who were the most religiously zealous in the first century who advocated, well, this isn't a military problem, it's a spiritual problem. The reason foreigners are occupying Israel is because we're not holy enough. We're not godly enough. And so these, this group called, a group uh, called Pharisees, what they did is they intensified the 630 commands of the Old Testament and applied them to everybody, even the ones that applied to how priests were to eat sacrifices in the temple. So this here, this was a battleground because in the first century, who you ate with Security. (laughs) Who you ate with connotated who you accepted or who you rejected. Meaning, if you shared a meal with someone in the first century, because today meals aren't as big a deal. Back then, if you ate with somebody that said you accepted them, that said you saw them as equal in status, that said that that, uh, you saw them as um, religiously compatible with you, See, the Pharisees taught that if you eat with people who are unclean, you become unclean. If you eat with people who are slimy and scummy, you become that. And so their big deal was at dinner, you never ate with sinners. You never ate with the people who were unclean. Why? Because we're trying to show God how holy we are so that God will come and kick out the Romans. So this was a battleground. And one of the greatest things is that this Jesus, who's far more interesting than we've been led to believe, this Jesus comes and he starts eating with people that no proper rabbi should ever eat with. If you have a Bible, if you don't, no worries. We'll put everything up on the screen, hopefully, maybe, Bruce. We'll see. It's, It's an adventure. But there's a story told in Mark that I find absolutely breathtaking 
that we just want to start the whole conversation with. So it's Mark chapter 3. Now, there are four biographies of Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They, they have slightly different emphases, and so they tell their story slightly different ways. But all the first three of them tell this story. Uh, verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, so he's walking back home, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, just in case you were wondering which Levi it was, sitting at, at the tax collector's booth. Now, for those of you, how popular is the IRS today? Now, some of you are young enough, you don't care. You know, give me the 1040 easy. Some of you, some of you, April 15th is brutal. And, and back then, tax collectors were even hated more because tax collectors were fellow Jews who were working for the Romans to the disadvantage of all the other Jews. So, let's say Kyle is a tax collector. He looks a little sketchy this morning. Or drowsy, so that's why I picked on you. Now, let's say Kyle was a tax collector. Kyle would be positioned at a road between two different districts. And Kyle's job would be to collect, let's say, $10 for every person that comes through. But the way Kyle would make money is that he would charge everybody 12 and keep the $2. And, and, and tax collecting had layers, so everybody was skimming. So when your boss heard that you were taking 12, the boss would say, all right, why don't you take 15, you keep two, I get three, Rome gets 10. So you tax collectors were considered the only profession more unclean than tax collecting in the first century were dung collectors. Okay, dung collectors was like a, a real thing. And they were the only ones considered worse off than tax collectors, all right? These, these guys were the scummiest, slimiest, they weren't even considered fellow Jews. They were called Gentiles, which just meant non-Jewish. It was the biggest insult they could give. So Jesus comes across a guy collecting. He comes across Kyle sitting right in the middle of the intersection, collecting in a corrupt fashion money, and says to this guy, follow me. Now, we're supposing that there was some other context going on. Jesus told the man, follow me, and Levi got up and followed him. Now, verse 15, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, notice this, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. Now, who are the only people that love tax collectors? Other tax collectors, correct. So literally, and notice, they have one category for tax collector and a different category for sinner. All right, tax collectors were like a worse version of sinner. So, so even sinners were up a little higher on the ladder than tax collectors. So Jesus comes walking through. Here's this, here's this toll booth. Kyle's sitting there collecting 15 bucks when he only owes Rome 10. For whatever reason, Jesus looks at this guy and says, follow me, Kyle follows. And then because Kyle is now associated with a very famous rabbi, Kyle throws a party at his house. So who does he invite? All of his scummy friends. Now, Jesus, as a proper, religious, righteous, Messiah kind of person, 
according to the Pharisees, should never have set foot in the house. There were other rabbis in Jesus' day that taught if you enter into a tax collector's house, you become automatically unclean. Jesus shows up. Notice, while Jesus was having dinner, verse 15, at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked Jesus' disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, can you see why they'd be asking? Can you see that? Jesus was throwing into question the whole Pharisee program, which was, we've got to stay separate from all the sinners. Why? Because we'll impress God with how holy we are, and he will kick out the Romans on our behalf. But here's this rabbi claiming to be sent by God, eating with the scum of Jewish society. And, and this was the kicker, this was what made them so mad. He did it before any of them repented and got their act together. Do you understand that? Like only one followed him, but he throws a party for a bunch of others who show up and Jesus eats with them. In the first century mind, what Jesus is saying is my presence here is blessing, acceptance, forgiveness, renewal, permission to come back in to the people of God. I mean, it was so scandalous and it was all done apart from having to go to the big temple in Jerusalem and offer a sacrifice to the priests. It was all done away from the religious establishment. So if you're a Pharisee, you are furious. Why does this man eat with those kind of people? Do you know what message that sends? That that Jesus was condoning their sin. That's what it was. Oh, and Jesus, man, this guy, if you don't know him, he was pretty smart. (laughs) On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but what? The sick. I've not come to call the healthy, but sinners to repentance. Now, the Pharisees, they were actually the actual sinners in this story. Would you agree? But just, just to play on their own pride, he says, oh, I haven't come to call the healthy, even though they were really sick. I've come to call the sick. And so it's fascinating. When Jesus walked the earth, the people most attracted to him were the people who were marginalized by the religious establishment. And the people who couldn't stand him were the religious people of his day. And I find it interesting in 2,000 years that switched. So that Jesus is now co-opted by the religious people and all the people that Jesus would have eaten with now flee from anything remotely Christian. This was revolutionary. If Jesus would have eaten with tax collectors before they got their act together, who would he eat with today? Who would he eat with? Okay, I I liked how you were saying that. Could you say it louder? Me. True. Yes, he would have eaten with you. Yes, which turns out to be all of us, right? But think about it. Who are the people most skeptical of the church? Gay people, right? Transgender community, atheist community, 
right? Other religious people, non-religious people, don't careist people, right? I mean, just the whole swath. The church is not known as being a place where you can sit around the table together. The church is known as the place where we separate ourselves from all the unclean. And do you see how against Jesus that actually is? So if you're here and you don't believe in God, Jesus would eat with you. If you're here and you're gay, Jesus would eat with you. If you're here and you're addicted to pornography, if you're here and you've had an affair, if you're here and you've had an abortion, if you're here and you're addicted, if you're here and you're an outcast, perfect, perfect. The whole thing is for you. It's for you. The whole thing started with a bunch of screw-ups and misfits and outcasts. Who, before... Is this going to be a clapping church? I've never been in a clapping church. Well, and, and, and here, here's the big deal. This is why they called it good news back in the day. It ceased being good news, right? See, we've, we're focused on bathrooms and we're focused on religious liberties. I, I don't get, and, and I know this is an offensive statement to some, I don't get how in Jesus' name you would not do business with the same sinners that Jesus would eat with in his name. That just totally blows my mind. And I'm not being political. I'm just saying, read Jesus, and there is no other conclusion you can come to. Because before anyone got their act together, they were welcome at the table. And that means you, wherever you are. Now, one of the things we want to do is we just want to tell our stories, because we're all in process. So I want to invite my friend David out. David, go ahead and grab that microphone. Right here, buddy. Right there. That one. Not that one. This one. I know. Well, dude, the whole thing's been smooth. It has been like clockwork. <laughs> come over, come over here. Now this is David. Hey, turn this on. Turn this on. Is it on? Is it on? Bruce. It's on. All right. He's British, so listen, listen carefully. So, uh, David, tell us a little bit about your story, and I'll, if it's okay, I'll interrupt and ask questions. And... I'll take that as my cue. Yeah. My name's David, and I suffer with depression, and um, only three months ago, I was staring at a knife, looking to cut myself, and a voice inside me was telling me, if you do this, you'll lie there in a pool of blood, and someone will come save you, and it'll be okay. Just go ahead and do it. So, sorry to rain on you, prayed. Uh, <laughs> basically, how does someone that you know, I, from all res- uh, here, put that, put that up. Just viewpoints. Point. I look pretty healthy. I'm pretty active. To most people, I, I look like I've got it together. Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you, Mike. Uh, but depression is a silent killer. So, the, how did I get to this point where I'm looking at a knife to commit suicide? And it's not the only time I've done it. Mm-hmm. How do I get to this point? Right. So it starts when I'm eight years old, and two things happen. Eight or nine years old. Two things happen. One, I find a magazine, a pornography magazine, um, in a, in a petrol garage, a station, uh, gas station, gas station. <laughs> and petrol. yeah, I, I find a porn magazine, and that is the beginning of the end of me. And I also, even though I grew up in a Christian home, I hadn't really accepted Jesus with my parents officially. I find a gospel tract in a cub in a cupboard, and I privately accept Jesus into my heart, and I don't tell anyone. Because the two things happened 
one, I start to see this. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at porn magazines. I'm eight years old. I'm doing it in you know, private. And I'm getting very convicted. And so I finally look at a gospel track differently for the first time and think, oh, this is for me. I'm really bad. I'm doing stuff in secret. And you know, the gospel's for me. So from eight years on, um, I just have this division, this split, where I know what's right. I know what the right thing is to do. But I'm submerged in a, I'm surrounded in a culture, and I want to be a part of that culture. I didn't really have any Christian friends, yeah. so I, I want to. If they're doing stuff, I want to do it. And because of this guilt inside of me, um, I, I almost want to do it more than them. Like I want to prove to them that yeah, I'm one of you. Like I want to be part of this culture. So if you're 10 years old and the other kids are smoking, then I'm smoking. If they're 11 and they're drinking, then I'm going to drink more. Um, you're 30 and just get, you keep spiraling downwards. If you're going to steal, I'm going to steal more. And you, you just the depression just builds and builds and builds because you've got this split and I'm trying right. like I know the truth but it's not setting me free at this point I am trying really hard to nobody I, can relate to that no yeah nobody course. here that is yeah. just you yeah thank you making me feel much better just me <laughs> yeah definitely um, so you know it just keeps getting it keeps spiraling and you keep doing worse things but when I was 17 for maybe the third or fourth year in a row uh, an American team came over to England to help our little house church together. I get saved for like the third or fourth time. And this time, I'm, like, I'm really going to do it this time. Like, I'm really going to commit myself. They invite me back to America. I'm 17. I come here by myself. And uh, this time, I'm going to the headquarters. Like, I am doing this thing. So I try even hard. I double down on trying even harder to, to live the Christian life, to be perfect. But I keep hitting the wall. And every time I hit the wall, the depression builds. And I'm still, I'm deep into pornography and I'm not telling anyone about it. Um, I'm not communicating with any of the people I'm living with about it. And it just increases the depression and increases the, the division. Um, the, the church that I was with uh, broke apart uh, for different reasons. And I got married at 21 and uh, the, the pornography is still there, but now it's elevated. So each, you know, each phase of the life, it keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper and now I've got a wife and we're struggling with this and the, and the church yeah the church was really really legalistic right yes very legalistic um, if you don't know what that word means very rule focused yeah so I did try really hard to follow the rules and then I broke them really hard and so if <laughs> yeah and it was just small stuff too but uh, if I wanted to partake of communion that weekend and I had done something, then I would not be allowed to partake of communion. So, and then everyone would see the, the cup past David. What did he do? Like, oh, well, I don't know what David did this week, you know. Uh, but he's trying really hard. So um, that broke up. The structure went away. Um, my depression, like, just notches up one more level uh, because at least I don't even have this structure that I didn't even like, but now I don't even have that. I'm lost. I'm living in a friend's parents' back room um, by myself and I'm going to college by myself and I'm working by myself the community is kind of dispersed that's yeah. the only community I had oh. um, so the depression you're crying yourself to sleep every night just like everyone else does um, and to the point where when I was 25, 26 um, I was in a, a parking lot late at night and I'm staring at the, at the lamppost and deciding like and I've just had uh, we've just had our first kid so it should be happy you know, things are going well, but I am so depressed and internalizing it so much, not telling anyone else about it, that I'm staring at the lamppost and I'm, you know, I've always do a five speed. So I'm putting it in first and I'm revving up. I am going to smash into this thing. Mm. Like, this is it. I'm done. I'm so worthless. I'm so lonely. I just, I, got, I don't turn to anyone. And I wasn't turning to my wife at that time about how bad it really was. Uh, 
So, you know, the funniest things get you out of these things, by the way, if you're in a situation like this, uh, this may happen to you. It was 9.30, I finally look at my watch, oh, I gotta get home, I'm gonna be late. That was it. <laughs> that, that was the moment, like, I'm doing this thing. I've been sat here crying and weeping and blah, I'm always me, and I'm gonna do it. I look at my watch, oh, look what time it is. That was, that was a little thing that snaps me out of it. And I just put it in first, instead of smashing it, I just slowly, I'm like, what just happened? You know, so I go to one-on-one -on -one therapy, it takes me a year and a half, and the outcome of that, it took a year and a half to get to the point where instead of me hitting the wall and trying harder and harder and harder, I finally stopped and just visualized and finally felt the warmth of God's grace just saying, stand still, just, just sit still, just be still, stop trying so hard, yeah. just accept my grace, and I can feel it, and it took a while to get there. And so that, you know, that really, and through therapy, healed me of the pornography addiction. Uh, wasn't perfect, but it was a transition. But it, it definitely, we'd worked on some stuff. But um, it, the seeds of depression were definitely planted there. A couple of years ago, my, I had some health issues started to, to come in, and hormones out of whack. I was basically a 65-year-old um, postmenopausal woman, like physiologically, just was not good. Um, you didn't plan for that, did you? I feel like that myself yeah. sometimes. I get hot yeah. flashes. Yeah. So, uh, and I was, <clears throat> as a go-getter, I've got my own business. I'm starting a side business. I've got a family. Um, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm a cyclist. So I'm cycling a bunch. You're trying to break world records on the side. And you just which trying, you did. Yeah. Which you did. You broke a Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. Elevation. So, right. You, that, you, right. You, right. Just so you, you know. Just, he's famous. So, and then you, you, uh, you basically have the hurry sickness that you, right. I'm waking up super early to get into LA, work a long day, train hard, be home in time for the kids, uh, you know, have dinner with the kids, try and play with them, do the dishes, or put them down, vice versa. And then you have like one hour to yourself, back to sleep, wake up early. It's a routine that many of us are in. And uh, that matched with health issues, which was caused from that. Um, I'm just sat there again, looking at the knife. And so to get to that point, I say it's a silent killer because that really wasn't an outrageous story. That was very introspective. That was me and most people looking at me thinking, oh, Dave, you're on these, as a teenager, you're on all the sport teams, uh, you do this, oh, you've got your own business, you've got a family, all oh, your things are going good for you. But inside, that's just not the case. So why did you want to share? You, he actually volunteered to share this, which I thought was remarkable. Uh, because you pressured me into it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, because like what I happened do. this time was, like the first time, when I was at the point of suicide, it took me a long time to get over it. Uh, and I never really got, I never really addressed it properly. It was still, I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't even tell my wife how bad it was. This time, I, I just said, that's it. I'm telling everyone about what I just did, or went yeah. through, what I've been going through, and everyone's gonna know about it. And the healing was like 10 times faster. And what you find, is that the more that's you talk right. to people, that's right. you actually find out I've been there too. Oh, that's why you were gone in November. Yeah. You would have never known. You just right. don't know what people are going through. And the more people I tell, the more you find out that this is really common. That's right. So it's, it's, the more it's I talk crazy. about it, I get to t tell my story and I get to listen to their story. Yes. So, so, so I've got good news for you. Oh yeah? Yeah, this is for you. This, yes. this time, this week, it's not gonna pass me. No, we're gonna pass it, but yeah. this is for you. Yeah. For the mentally ill, yep. for the suicidal, for those who are really working hard to impress God and realize they can't. This is for you, bro. 
I, this I, is for you. I appreciate that. And so I want you to take a piece of bread. It's Christ's body broken for you. And I want you to dip it into this juice. Christ's blood shed for you. And I want you to take it as a way to remember the grace of God that's carried you to this point and the grace that waits for you. And I, I accept this. And um, before I eat it, partake of it, I will offer it to everyone else and say that God has worked through me in, he's been long-suffering. He has been extremely enduring. And when I thought he was a God and a father with a brass hammer waiting to get me, That's he right. wasn't. That was right. my perspective of warping him. And the whole time, layer upon layer, he's been by the side and he planted seeds inside of me that have stayed. And it's taken me, you know, 33 years to get to the point where I have actually accepted his grace. Amen. Um, so I accept this and I also offer it to you guys too. That's right. Amen, bro. Thank you. Go ahead. I, okay. Go ahead. Do it right now. Come on. All right. Thank you, my friend. So, so David's story is our story, right? It may not be depression uh, or suicide, but we all, we all know that split. And so... Um, I, I had heard uh, once somebody, and, and I don't know if you heard it, um, if he had screwed up that week, he wasn't allowed to come to the table. That was what their church taught. And, I, and I've heard people say that. You can't come. Um, and, and you got to clean yourself up first. And uh, the scriptures never teach that. Um, God, you come to God and he cleans you up. You don't got to get cleaned up first. So we're gonna take the next 15 minutes and we're just gonna open up these, there are stations here, two here, and then two there. And we're gonna have some folks uh, with lanyards that are there who are just there to pray, if we can pray for anything going on in your life. Uh, these are highly trained prayer ninja warriors and um, guaranteed for uh, an answer or your money back. Um, no, not at all. Uh, but we're, we are, would be more than happy to, uh, to pray. And then, and then what we want you to do is, uh, if you don't want to participate, of course, don't participate. No one's keeping track. Um, uh, but if you do, uh, understand that for centuries, this is one of the ways that Christians have remembered and participated in the good news about Jesus, that God himself came, died, um, rose again and offers this new kind of life to all of those who would call upon him. Not in a religious sense. He's not looking for religious people. He's actually calling people away from religiousness into something far deeper and better and truer. And so um, if you're not comfortable, don't move. Just stay right there. If you are, once you know, we have gluten-free options <laughs> like you do. Um, not sure, not sure Jesus had gluten-free options back in his day, but we do, and they're all there thanks to Carolyn, you're wonderful. So uh, you can take some bread and dip it, and then take and eat whenever you'd like. So we're just gonna open up the last 15 minutes of our service uh, to sing. Uh, if you wanna come and participate, you're more than welcome to participate. We also have boxes that are like, you can see that one over there. They're called participation boxes. There, if you wanna financially give, uh, that's where that goes. If you want to give us your information, we have information cards. That's where those go. Uh, if you want to give us any written feedback, um, that's where that would go. Otherwise, um, you can just move around as you'd like to, okay? Let me pray. And then we'll just open it up for response. Um, God, thank you for what you've done um, in David's life 
as one who has wrestled long with uh, depression, I see myself in his story. And um, I'm so grateful that you don't abandon us in our darkest moments. And my prayer, um, Lord, very simply, is that you would remind all of those gathered here that you'd eat with them. That the offer of grace is extended ahead of time before we get all cleaned up. And, um, and so, Lord, would, as we take and we eat, would you walk among us through the power of your spirit uh, to just remind us that you're much better than we've thought, much more interesting than we've been led to believe. And the good news really is good news uh, for everybody. And so we commit this time to you. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, Trevor. Let us thank them. Let us. Oh, like you mean it. Like you mean, that was totally, okay. All right, uh, my buddy Davis, he is a police officer, Fullerton Police Department, worked all night uh, last night and came here this morning um, because he's my bodyguard and I need it. And so thank you, Davis, for being here. Um, as you go to pick up your kids, thank, thank them because they missed out on all of this so that you could be here. A couple of things, please go to our website, voxoc.com. Uh, get on our email list only because like gyms are closing and they're resurfacing floors and we're gonna have to constantly keep everyone updated on what rooms are open and what rooms are not. It's, it's beautiful. Gary, put the Gary says up. Gary's our landlord right there, look at him. So the beautiful thing is there's no food and drink allowed and then you walk into communion and it's just awesome. So thank you, Gary, we love you. Uh, if you're a high school or college kid, could I please meet you? Uh, as you go, and please leave us feedback at feedback at voxoc.com. Um, if you, out on the tables, this is the last thing I promise, out on the tables, there are three kinds of cards. There are invite cards. If you think other people need to endure this, that's fantastic. Uh, secondly, there are info cards you can fill out and put into the participation boxes. And then thirdly, there are parents' cards so that you know what, uh, what we promise as a community for your kids and what we hope for and expect from you as parents. Um, so pick up one of those as well. All right, so let's do a little blessing, shall we? Why not? If you, if you podcast this, then you know we can't help ourselves. We've been doing Star Trek. We've done Queen. Uh, we did Star Wars. Um, what do we do? Flash Gordon is the greatest. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, you know, I just, I can't help myself but send uh, out our community with a blessing. So this comes from the Bible, the book of Numbers. And this is what the priests would say over the people. So, take it or leave it, but here it comes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you, to you. And may he give you peace in these days. Amen. And amen. All right. We'll see you out there. Thanks for coming, guys. Hi, Jay. Hi, Lucy.